Hello and welcome back to the weekend spread. I'm Bobby Howard. With me today, we've got Davison, we've got Ty, and sailing on in to make some SEC preview predictions. It's Boat and Blake. Fellas, always good to see y'all. Uh, this is how you know football season's truly coming up. It's preview season. And we're starting with, well, the conference that just means more. So, <laughs> um, anyways, Blake, how you doing? Are you excited about uh, breaking down the SEC today? Oh, so pumped. I think the last time all four of us were on a podcast together, I believe, might have been March Madness. So, it's been a second, but... I love these previews. Just like how week zero is with college football, this is the nice little appetizer. Get a few little debates here and there. We'll ramp up to the Big 12 where it's all out chaos, and then we're finally at the weekend spread where the stakes matter, where the punishment can happen, and that's what I'm ready for. But these are perfect. These are my practices. These are my pregame warm-ups. Fire off some early takes, and I'm ready to go. Ty, you ready? Yeah, I'm excited. I think, weirdly enough, as we are about to dive into, the SEC might be one of the most clear-cut discussions that we have when it comes to these conference previews this year. Uh, but I, I certainly am excited to, to jump into this. It means college football season is creeping ever so closer. Obviously, still so far away, but we're getting close if we're getting into these previews. Jameson, how are we feeling in preview season? Yeah, it's good. And the thing is with the, like looking deep into the SEC, I feel like our conversations are going to be so similar to what they were last year. There's not too much shakeup. Obviously, a lot of players going to the NFL draft from the SEC, but so much replenishment from all of those schools. So is there going to be too much shakeup in the SEC from what it was last year? I'm not too convinced. Yeah, and I'm interested to dive into it. And let's just start with our three big storylines. And the biggest easy to me, if we're talking about things changing or not changing, is anyone going to stop Georgia from three-peating? Uh, obviously, you lose Stetson Bennett, but it's Stetson Bennett. Just replace it with somebody else. Uh, and there, I feel like we, we haven't had a really solid back-to-back -back opportunity in a while. And the last time we really saw a proper three-peat potential, I guess would have been I, I don't even know if you could count usc in 05 so this is truly like different territory to say the least um james or let's ask blake about this one because uh the last time georgia he, he actually saw the last georgia game if i do recall blake uh do you think <laughs> the dogs are gonna three-peat or do you think anyone's gonna get in their way I'm going for the three-peat. I got to do this to save my reputation and save my team, but this this team is unreal at this point, like even more than what we saw with some of these like dynastic Alabama teams. We're going into a season where they've lost their starting quarterback, lost a good amount of receivers, lost tons of talent on the defensive end, and yet I still think they're the best defense in the SEC. I still think they're perfectly fine on offense, have one of the best offensive lines, has a good running back room, and... I don't even really know who the starting quarterback's going to be Carson yet. Beck. Yeah, like it's, but they have so much, like when you're talking the backup is Brock Vandergriff, who was like, everybody was obsessing over him a few years ago. They have insane talent in that building that I feel like, even though Stetson Bennett was really good, it feels like they can get an upgrade this year, just when you talk about ceiling potential with one of these guys. So I see everything runs through Georgia. 
couple their talent with that super weak schedule that they play. Like they're going to be well rested in time for the playoffs. And yeah, like they can lose the SEC championship game, still make the playoffs and still win the national championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like the thing is with Georgia this year is obviously they lose a lot of star power, but they're going to always have, you know, t- like the cupboard replenished and, you know, Stetson Bennett, people are going to say like, ah, you know, Georgia can just put in another quarterback, just this no name guy. And, They'll be just fine. I mean, I think that there's probably going to be some hiccups with Carson Beck. I mean, that's not even a hot, close to a hot take, but it's going to always help whenever you have the best target in football and Brock Bowers. Like he's absolutely dominant and he's going to be, you know, one of the highest tight ends drafted in NFL history if he keeps up what he did last year. You know, losing guys, you know, like Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter, Keely Ringo. Um, it's going to hurt, but it's just there's going to be a replenishment on the defense. The offense is the big question. Ty? Yeah, Jameson with some hot takes. Breaking news from Jameson. First-time quarterback might have some hiccups. Uh, that's the deep analysis you guys come I, to I, Skinner Pond I for. totally said it, but too. <clears throat> I will say, I mean, Stetson Bennett, it, admittedly, I think he's like the Kirk Cousins of college football. Like, he kind of worked there, was there for a long time is a great, you know, plug-in, run-the-system guy, but is he the best in the league? I, I'm not necessarily sure. But I, I think an important factor with Georgia, obviously we're not the only people talking about it, but Jameson and Blake both didn't bring it up, is the other the other side, the other teams have a vote as well. And I think Georgia, not to slight what they've accomplished, was obviously a super significant accomplishment, but it just so happened that everyone else in college football that was a major power had some down years that just perfectly aligned with Georgia coming up. I mean, regardless of what Georgia has done, you cannot say that Bama hasn't had some down years these past couple of years. Clemson is off their pedestal. Ohio State started losing to Michigan. They're off their pedestal. So if you had to pick, you know, but I'll throw Oklahoma in there because we're an Oklahoma podcast. If you had to pick some of the top competitors, I don't know that you can point to another top team who you'd expect to be contending for championships that wasn't facing a down couple years these past couple years. And I just don't see that continuing for forever. So I think even if Georgia can produce the same quality of team that they produced the last couple years, which I think is well within this brilliant system that Kirby Smart has created, even if they can produce that same quality of system and a team that is somehow completely equal to the teams that they fielded in the past, I just don't see everyone else continuing to have down years. I mean, I'm hearing a ton of stuff out of Ohio State about them bringing in some kid who's supposed to win the Heisman or something, according to Ohio State fans. I don't think we'll get into it. I don't think Bama's going to be down again this year. I think they're coming back. I think Clemson is probably out of the picture for for the near future or whoever, and then you never know. Someone might emerge. If you're an OU fan and you're going to say that OU might be back this next year after their terrible year, then you also have to say, hey, maybe LSU second year with their new coach is going to be back and is going to be nationally relevant. You never know, you know, there might be someone out of the pack. So I think Georgia not going to three Pete. And I think it has nothing to do with what Georgia's producing. Yeah. I just, to me, they're so th- their schedule is so open. They leave the state of Georgia three times. Uh, and one of them is Vanderbilt where it's going to be basically a home game. So and not only that, their non-conference is non-existent. Uh, they were going to go to Norman this year, but had to cancel that game, replace it with Ball State, which is a hilarious trade deal right there, uh, I might add. But and I think to me, that's where it kind of comes down. Um, right now, their line is, um, I believe, 11 and a half, over 11 and a half plus 120 on that one. 
Um, and to me, I kind of think they hit it. I, I think you have a little bit of a stress test at Tennessee. That's like really yeah, the point. Uh, like that's where the bet would be lost in my opinion. But with Joe Milton being as inconsistent as he is, I, I don't think that Tennessee team is going to be what they are. Um, once you, it's going to be whoever comes out of the SEC West versus Georgia, and then we'll see what happens in the college football playoff picture. Um, but uh, to me, it just seems like there are a lot of teams who can get to the point of playing Georgia, but nobody has that quality across the board like Georgia has. So I, yeah. I kind of feel like it's a three-peat, even though it feels obvious, feels lazy, feels easy. I, I just think it's going to happen. Even if they lose to Tennessee on the road, Tennessee also has to play Alabama too. So, yeah. you know, it's Tennessee's got a tough road to where like the SEC East isn't just completely lost if they lose that Tennessee game. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a It's a tough – and even then, if they lose that Tennessee game and have one loss, how many times do we see teams miss the SEC championship – with one like with like a divisional sort of thing and then they get in anyways they're like kind of protected from the uh, sec title so it feels uh, like because this georgia team even if they lose once it feels impossible to lose twice and that's kind of the big kicker if you don't want it like if you're rooting for them not to be in the sec championship that's what you need to see and like if you think back to those alabama teams like sure Ole miss would upset them sure lsu would beat them one year but they always found a way to be in because they just don't lose the like random games on their schedule and that's kind of like the big kicker when it comes to georgia yeah absolutely absolutely um I think, yeah. let's move Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Ty. You got it. No, I was just going to say, I think Blake nailed it. I mean, for, for the, uh, for the casual fan like myself, I think I just see this Georgia team as plug and play what your past expectations were for Bama. And, and that's this team. Now it doesn't matter if they drop a game to a, to a Tennessee or anything else. And then like we've seen time and time again with this playoff committee, if you're a, a powerful team from the sec that has that resume, especially if you can say, Oh, we're the two time defending national champs. I don't think it necessarily matters if they're going to win the SEC. I think they will win the SEC this year, but I, I think that's a completely different uh, discussion. And I think it, it almost has, unfortunately, no bearing on whether or not they make it to the playoffs and how competitive they can be in, in the playoffs. Yeah. All right. I agree. Um, let's move on to Alabama, the, uh, the other side of this coin. So as we've all kind of noticed, Alabama just hasn't felt like Alabama uh, the past couple of years, you know, uh, playing a lot more close games last year. They lost two of them to uh, LSU and Tennessee, uh, both on the road. Massive revamp of uh, the Saban staff, uh, Bill O'Brien out, uh, Pete Golding out, um, and they don't know who the quarterback is. So I'm going to ask, is Rome burning? Has has Alabama fully fallen off? No, I, here's the thing. Um, if anyone's going to tell me that Tyler Buckner is going to be their starting quarterback, I'm going to worry for Alabama. I'm just gonna, I know what Blake thinks about Buckner. Um, I'm going to worry, but here's the thing. I kind of like Jalen Milrow. I think he could do some scary things within that. You know, Alabama's got a really good offensive line this year, and they've got, I think, one of the best, if not the best, tackle in J.C. Latham um, as well. Uh, I think that, you know, even though they lose, you know, Heisman winner and then, Bryce, and then also you lose uh, Jameer Gibbs as well. It's, it's going to be kind of a hit to their offense. I think Jalen Miller, the athleticism he brings, is going to show out in the early part of the season, and people are going to change their opinion on this team. We'll just see how he reacts whenever the times get tough in the later se- part of the season. Milrow in that uh, Arkansas game, that comeback he kind of authored, unreal. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So if, if he can, he is fast, man. Yeah. He is fast. If he can play like that this season, they'll be they'll be pretty good. Blake, what do you think? But see, that's what worries me is this Jalen Milrow conversation is, yeah, we see him play well on the field, but then Nick Saban's bringing in a third quarterback and Tyler Buckner, trash-ass Tyler Buckner, to say the least, to come in because they don't believe in what they have in that QB room. That screams like desperation to me. And there's a lot to love about this Bama team this year. I think this is going to be a good litmus test year when it comes to where they are going to fare for the next three, four years, because really they have everything besides quarterback going for them. They have uh, a super, super favorable schedule. Granted, they play big hitters. They play Texas, Tennessee, LSU, but you're playing all three of those at home. And like even last year where it was a year that Bama clearly struggled, they went 11 and two. And it seemed like most of their struggles were games on the road, not necessarily on the home. It seems they protect that home field environment. So this is a year where things should line up. You have besides quarterback, you have a solid team. I think uh, well-rounded within the sec. You have, uh, you have just, you have the perfect schedule to make the sec championship. Do I think they do it? No. I hate that they don't have a quarterback. I hate that there's so much indecision in that QB room and that we still don't know who is going to be it. And then also, I think the the offensive coordinator they brought in wants to bring back that kind of like physical style that we saw in those early Alabama Nick Saban teams where it's like, sure, maybe the quarterback isn't good, but they're going to run it down your throat. They're going to punch you in the mouth. I just think the scariest Alabama teams were your Tua's, your Daniel Jones, or not Daniel Jones, Mac Jones. You're like, when you're airing it out, you have two to three wide receiver options that are just killing you down the field. You have a stunning running back. You're playing with a little faster pace. You're playing with that uh, style of offense that really kills teams, and you have a stellar defense. I just hate the fact that they're slowing down the ball. I hate the fact that they don't have a good quarterback, and the fact that they're bringing in somebody like Tyler Buckner in spring. I think this has a recipe for disaster. And when I say disaster, it's Bama disaster. They still are probably, I think their like floor is second in the SEC West, which is still going to get you 10 like probably 10 wins, but it just, yeah, that's not Bama standards. Bama standards is national championship or bust. Right. The, the over under for uh, Alabama is 10 and a half right now at plus plus one fifty. So um, my thing is, yeah, like disaster is like two losses for them. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to the over under discussion a little bit more, but Ty, what do you think about uh, Alabama? Is the sky falling? Yeah, no. So Bobby, you, you brought up the perfect comparison. I think right when you introduced this segment is, is Rome burning? And as I'm sure all of our esteemed listeners of, of the podcast know, they're fans of, of the classics my, like myself, and they would know that Rome burned in, what, 64 AD? The Pax Romana, you know, the greatest times of Rome, that was early on in the Pax Romana. I mean, Rome had 120 years left until about, uh, what is it, 180 AD that sort of Pax Romana ended? So, I mean, I think Rome burned for, for Bama, these past couple years and just like the great fire of Rome was really nothing when it came to the ultimate fall of Rome. I think these past couple years are nothing when it comes to the eventual fall of Bama. I think they still have some of their best years ahead of them with this program. I fully believe in Nick Saban. And I, I think if you continue to bet on Nick Saban and that Bama program, I mean, ultimately the party's going to have to come to an end just like it did in Rome, but I don't think you can go wrong continuing. I mean, betting, for Bama 
in any aspect of college football, even if they lose sometimes, it's like being the house. Yeah, the house loses in the casino sometimes, but more often than not, they continue to win. And I would not be surprised if Bama took out a win in the SEC this year. I know I just said that Georgia might win it, but I can see Bama winning it just as easily. You just never know with, with Nick Saban and with that program that he's built. Obviously, they will fall off at some point. Maybe it's already occurred, but I'm going to continue to ride with Bama. No, and I'm kind of with you. And I got to say, Jameson's little smirk as you're talking about the classics, his little little Latin nerd smile. Yeah, Jameson probably knows the – maybe he can fact check me on those dates. I think 64 for the Great Fire. It it, it is correct. I looked it up as you said that. I, I do not retain that kind of knowledge like you, it seems. Yeah, it's like the SpongeBob episode where they where he threw out everything uh, to be a good good waiter. Didn't know his own name. Rome. Yeah. Jameson burnt all the Latin stuff to fit in medical stuff. I I appreciate it. Um, I feel like my brain's failing me, but carry on. (laughs) It's all good. Uh, Okay, so over under ten and a half. I love it. I I don't see Alabama losing three games. Like like Blake said, if it if it is like a disaster, like a two loss type of type of season i could i could see that i could see 11 wins i just it's a factory of 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 getting let getting to 11 and i just realistically don't see three losses on the schedule uh you obviously two losses hit the under yeah it's two yeah but it's two losses hit the under not three no they they'd be 11 and two right or am i wrong 12 games 12 games okay 12 Okay, well, I don't. See. There, there's your, there's okay, your problem. So, so yeah. Tennessee, so Tennessee plays them. On, so they they get home versus Tennessee. They get home versus yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee home Texas, versus and LSU. Yes, like, and they get home. That's their that's their problem. So if they get two of those three, they should be fine. And yeah, LSU also at home, and Texas also at home. So I think you know, if the whole quarterback situation, the thing is, I know we were kind of talking about earlier. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty there. Jalen Miller is not going to have a lot of guys to throw to. Bryce Young struggled because the wide receivers did not help him at all last year. Um, but can he go make plays for himself? But having, you know, these big games on the, I mean, at home is such a big deal for a first-year quarterback. Yeah, I just I don't I don't get this hype. Whenever you had a team that struggled last year, you lose a guy, you lose a Bryce Young, you replace it with something significantly worse and you don't really change i think like the level of all the other position groups i don't see how this team gets better now i know they have more games at home but i just don't see how this team like overachieves based on last year when you had a bryce young it'll be guys like dallas turner and kool-aid mckinstry and like yeah but i just don't think like you didn't get like you didn't gain that much like you might have moved it up a tick in different positional groups but it's not like you gained elite talent like elsewhere it's like i just don't get that i just don't get that aspect of how i I think you're you're overvaluing bryce young i think i think i'm undervaluing him i think he kept that shit. i don't know that that's possible i i don't know that it's possible to, to yeah. Him. Also, as a hedge, what I said earlier, I mean, losing like guys like Brian Branch and Jordan Battle, or and obviously Will Anderson will be very significant too. Definitely. Yeah. See, like you lose a Will Anderson, who I know they have good guys there, but you don't have a difference maker like that. I just don't get mm-hmm. where the talent catches up, and they're just like it's, now it's catching Bama. wins. I really yeah, do like Dallas Turner. It's, they lost yeah, I think Tua. He's a stud. They lost Derrick Henry. 
Yeah, but like at least when you lost Tua, you had a clear guy behind him. It's like you we lose Bryce Young, and they had two guys going in, and Nick Saban's going into the portal for a third at the end Some of, of like, best, at the end of spring they, camp. They also Some of their best times are with AJ McCarron. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but college football is so different now. Like that's the thing is the Nick Saban went away from that model because he saw how revolutionary kind of those fast paced offenses, being able to spread it out, do a little bit different. Like you look at your Josh Heupel's, you look at your uh, like you look all across the SEC and they're all doing this. And now he's trying to revert back to his old ways. It's not like he was but, going to. But get look through. at who's look at who's winning the national championships though. It's not the Tennessees. I'll say Stetson Bennett is actually an extremely underrated quarterback the way he played throughout last season. People just like to give him jokes. He probably is, yeah. <laughs> this dude got drafted. Like, I don't care, like, how, like, you personify Stetson Bennett. And obviously, it's really easy to make fun of him because his interviews are horrible and it seems like he's drunk and hungover every single time he went on Good Morning America. Because he is. But... Because he is. No, it's not because he seems. We know about the arrest now. We know yes. he is. <laughs> this That's dude true. was was goofing around at like four in the morning knocking on doors like never college. <laughs> yeah i mean but the thing is like he was actually really talented when like he had the escapability of a quarterback and the targets to be a premier college quarterback yeah and like as we saw in that championship performance he can put on a damn show if he really wants to it's not mm-hmm. just people around him um but no and i kind of want to kind of pivot now talk about the teams who are going to potentially play spoiler to mm-hmm. Alabama to Georgia. Um don't so, say Tennessee. Don't. <laughs> so let, let's talk about Tennessee. Ole Miss. I like I, I like Joe Milton LSU. more than some. I kind of I, I kind of want to let's go around the horn here. Uh Ty, who do you think is uh, uh, other than those two your biggest dark horse? No well so I I feel weird in saying right Say LSU could be the biggest dark horse. Sounds extremely goofy, That's I fair. think, because LSU is a, a traditionally a very, very good program. They're more roller coastery than some, uh, I suppose. And you know, I'll make jokes about Brian Kelly all day, but I, I don't think he's necessarily a bad coach. I don't think he's who some people think he is. I don't think he's he's the next goat at at being the coach. But I think if you're talking about coaches currently in college football, I would easily put him in the top 15 uh, for sure. So I'll say LSU, but I'll exclude them because I feel like they're a weird dark horse. So I'm going to ride with Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. I just feel like he he constantly has that potential. I think he's wily enough. <laughs> and I think, I think he gets buy-in from players enough in a way that matters. And he has continued to, to recruit pretty well for what is – admittedly a very small market if we're going to use that that comparison in sports uh if you really look at the town of oxford and then just mississippi as a whole um it really is crazy what they're able to uh to do over there in terms of national relevance and, and landing star power i mean i don't think it's crazy to compare Ole miss uh with like kansas almost and if you could imagine if like kansas or even k-state you know one of the kansas schools was landing some of the transfers and, and some of the recruits and stuff that Ole Miss is, the whole nation would be paying attention, but it's just kind of the norm over there. So I like Ole Miss. I mean, it's many people have, you know, tied their horse to Lane Kiffin's wagon. I, I don't know what the comparison would be. They've, they've cast their lot in with Kiffin in the past and been burned. I mean, he's a master of this time. It's going to be different. Right. 
He's like, if Texas football were a person, if the Cowboys were a person, it would be Lane Kiffin's coaching career. Uh, next year is always our year. But I just think if I had to name a legitimate dark horse, because I know some people are going to talk about AM, I would name LSU. But I think if I want to name someone who I feel confident saying, oh, oh, this could be a sneaky dark horse, this is like my Derek King is a dark horse for the Heisman take. And I yeah, try to keep running for exactly as long as right. possible. Yeah. Give me the Ole Miss, the Land Sharks, the Rebs. So here's my thing, though. The Ole Miss schedule is hellish. They got they, they 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 pulled the bad straw. They have to play at Georgia. They have to play at Alabama as they always do. That's a that's a tough go. Hey hey, the Lord gives His toughest battles to those with the most proof. Right. They they have to play the four best SEC teams. Um, that's it's just tough. LSU and Texas A and M as well. And and at Tulane too, former mm-hmm. SEC yep. team. I so I'll launch into my thing first. I don't think Ole Miss is it. Uh, no, a casual take by Ty. I think he loves <laughs> oh the God. big names, the sexy names coming in from the Miss? on the offensive side. Yes, no, because you think of the portal king that is Lane Kiffin. Oh, look what he brought in on the offensive side. He got gashed on the defensive side of the ball with the transfer portal. People only talk about the transfer king when he brings in people, but he's losing people, like really impactful people on the defensive side of the ball. This offense is going to be great. Like I think they have solid options at quarterback. Uh, Judkins, a good running back. I love Judkins. I love me some Judkins. Like when you talk about Zach Evans, a guy that was like fantastic at TCU whenever he played, and he's getting consistently beat out by Judkins. I I love me some Judkins, but their defense is trash. Their defense is utter trash, Mm -hmm. and with that schedule, there is no way in hell they're getting close to that SEC championship game. I agree with Ty in this. LSU is not a dark horse, but I think they're going to win the SEC West. I think Jaden Daniels is a guy who I trashed last year. I love him now. He does not turn over the ball. He throws decently well and can run the ball better than anybody else in the SEC. He's the perfect dual threat for LSU because he's never going to put you in harm's way, but he's going to get you some yards with his legs. And I just think LSU, like, they're going to knock off some of the BS of, like, the losses that they had versus, like, your FSUs, like, your other things. Mm -hmm. I think this is a really solid team that has good wide receivers, good defense. They're, like, really the worst part they are at is running back, which is, like, not typical for LSU. Noah Kane, though. Yeah, but I I still feel confident in their room. Like, it's, like, running back by committee, but I feel like their committee is a very strong one. So, LSU, that's that's mine, but I will go in. I'll do what Ty said somebody was going to do, and I'm going to do it. I love AM. I think AM is finally going to put it together. I think, honestly, that's my, getting clipped my, out of context. My <laughs> hot take this year is that AM is going to tie Alabama in the Western standings. I think they're going to be right there with them. I think the criticisms of AM uh, are fair, but like the reason why Jimbo has not done a good job there is because he hasn't had the right quarterback. We saw this at FSU, didn't do well, but he had Jameis. I think Connor Wegman's that guy. I think he is a baller. I don't think he's everybody compares him to Johnny Manziel. I don't think he's at that level. But this AM, Connor Wegman balling out, they have two solid receivers. They have, I think, a defense that's going to be vastly improved. An offensive line that was struck by every injury under the sun last year, and they're going to get their guys back. And I feel like the negativity that came towards AM was these 
few guys, five stars, big guys they signed last year portaling out. Those guys aren't on football teams anymore. They've gotten kicked off their respective squads. I think Jimbo had a pretty good read. Plus, you bring in two coordinators that I think are controversial but valuable to the team. I just I feel like AM has always been a thorn in Alabama's side. I feel like they get it done this year. They get that win there. I just don't think they top LSU, but I think that's kind of my hot take is we're going to be seeing uh, Bama maybe tied for second, not necessarily outright second this year. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I get the Texas A&M thing in terms of talent, Blake. But like, I think the players are significantly losing any kind of trust and respect for Jimbo. They could have left, up. though. They could have left. That's my thing. Is like so, most of these guys stuck around, and I feel like Jimbo's finally starting to learn and bringing in some good coordinators. I know the money, but like eventually they have to realize like if they're stuck on this A and M squad forever and can't make it to the pros. Then it's all worth nothing. Like a few hundred thousand dollars a year isn't going to make you generational wealth. You know, you want to make the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, I like guys like Evan Stewart and, you know, Nia Smith and stuff like that. Like, they've got talent, and I agree, like, the Wegman thing. I, I just – I feel like there's a lot of things, in, like, the intangibles that I just need to see to believe. And let's hopefully – they if they start off, you know, strong, maybe they can overcome that. But if they have a couple hiccups at the beginning of the year, it can go downhill quick. I'm on the LSU train. I really like LSU. Um, kind of the same reasons, but y'all didn't talk about the defensive side of the ball with LSU – which I think that first game versus Florida State is going to be must-watch football because you get the two best defensive players in the country going after each other, and like Jared Burst and um, Hassan, uh, my gosh, Perkins. Uh, I almost said Haskins. Um, but absolute just beasts of just players. And don't forget like Mason Smith too on the defensive line. Like LSU has supreme talent in the defense. And they have returners um, in the on the offensive side of the ball to where I think that they will give teams a lot of trouble. I don't know if they can beat a team like a Georgia, um, but Alabama will be a good competition for that team, and I think that'll be a really good game. Yeah, and I think I think LSU's schedule does line up pretty dang well, honestly. If you look at it, um, obviously you open up with Florida State in Orlando. But your road games outside of Al- you, out. I mean, you have the two Mississippi teams. I, I think Lane Kiffin can give them some trouble. But Missouri, uh, Mississippi State, you know, under you know a new coach after everything that happened with Leach, and then Alabama. I, I think they'll be good. I think Alabama nips them though. I think I think you I think I think Alabama gets them at you know in Tuscaloosa. And I feel like they lose another game somewhere down the line to somebody. Their over under is nine and a half is the thing. Yeah. So like, and I understand it's more weighted towards like the over, like you have to buy some of the juice to get the nine and a half. But like, that is a, I think a really great offer there because, you know, it's kind of weighing in. They're worried about the Florida state game. And I think that's kind of like what the big worry there, but like, look at the rest of the schedule. Just, I'm just going to walk it through with y'all um, other than Florida state. Their toughest opponent on their schedule is Texas A&M in the last game of the season. And other than that, their SEC schools they get, they got Florida, they've got Auburn, they got Missouri, they got Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Other than avoiding Vanderbilt, that is just an absolutely wonderful schedule. Yeah. um, Yeah. um, I agree. I will say that the, the Army game. 
that would be oh, kind of funny. Quit. That's no, just no, no, a, no. That's just, a, that's just a broken OU fan saying, oh, this Army, could happen. Army in the middle of the season right before Bama, you know, you have to, you won't have to watch the game on uh, on a, you know, Twitch stream with someone's foot in the way. Didn't, didn't but, they change their offense too? It's Oh, um, that's right. Never mind. Yeah. I, yeah. Is, aren't who, they going to the shotgun? Was it Ty that brought – Ty, were you the one that brought up Army? Yeah, so, so Army, Army is moving to sort of a option. Like, I mean, it's still to be seen. We've only sort of heard some chatter, but I guess sort of an option-like system, but from the shotgun, which I, I did say when we were discussing this earlier, uh, Navy did do that for a time. It, it was sort of player dependent. So the Service Academy option systems, I, they've seen this success before. I mean, the year that Navy did it, uh, if I remember right off off the top of my head, I mean, they had a win against Notre Dame. They had a win uh, against someone that was in the top 10 as well. It was not Notre Dame. Um, and then they had some, I mean, they dropped some embarrassing games, but they had, they were a very, very solid team that year. I think it was 09. Uh, no, it wasn't 09. It was like 16, 13 or 16, something like that. So it, it has been done before. I, I mean, it'll, we'll see if it's a sort of a mid season matchup. I think playing a service academy sort of mid-season is going to be rough for anyone in college football just because even running a, a system out of the shotgun, it's still going to be such a, a such a different thing to face that they're not going to be used to. I mean, I, I'm not saying like, oh, you fan, like, oh, this could happen. Army's certainly not the team that they were a couple of years ago. But, I mean, that's not one to sleep on at all. Yeah, I agree. I got to say, none of us brought up Tennessee. I think – probably for good reason. Um, Vols lost a lot of uh, production, you know, uh, obviously losing Hendon Hooker, pretty big stuff, uh, having to replace him with Milton. Um, how, where, how, how good do we think the Vols can be this year? Uh, Ty, you, I, I, I think the big thing though, yeah, I think the big thing though, you know, losing Hendon Hooker is an absolute big deal. I kind of like Joe Milton, um, to be honest with you. I like what he showed at the end of the season. Um, the big thing, and I know Blake might not agree with me that much on this, like the wide receiving crew that they lost is really what made them. Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt were absolute monsters for them. You know, Jalen Hyatt might not have been the most stellar NFL prospect, um, but he was a beast for them. Like how many touchdowns did he get in the Alabama game? Like four? Um, you know, and Cedric Tillman was just an absolute monster, just commanded the eyes of the safety to the other side, let Jalen Hyatt take the top off the defense. You know, Brew McCoy, you know, great wide receiver, but having that, you know, two like two headed monster, a wide receiver for Tennessee made their offense so, so electric. And people are going to always look at this, the quarterback thing, but I think losing those two guys is a big deal. Yeah. See, I'm like all in on this wide receiving core. I know you lose two big guys, but like I'm a big Brew McCoy fan. I like a big sexy arm in Joe Milton. Like there is nothing <laughs> better than watching him throw like an orange 110 yards. Like yeah. I, I, that, that, oh yeah, that gets me going a little <laughs> bit whenever I see those videos on social media. But we saw kind of like their new look, I guess, like what the offense will be this year in the Orange Bowl. Three wide receivers had three different touchdowns. Like, I think this Josh Heupel system is so perfect. I think it's similar to, like, your old Baylor system, where it's just, like, plug in your quarterback, plug in your receivers. They space it out so well. It runs such a fast tempo. Guys are going to get, like, guys are going to get yards. Guys are going to get touchdowns. I think the key with Tennessee is will always be their defense. Like, how, when you're running that fast, how can you get the defense, like, well enough to – 
get stops. And I think that's kind of the big like kicker. And that's why I don't choose them to go over Georgia. I think just Georgia is a little bit more well-rounded and has like probably like quarterback play, maybe a little bit less, but like some Lad McConkey, some Brock Bowers, like they have better weapons on that side of the ball. And so this this Tennessee team is going to be frustrating, I think, for Tennessee fans. They're going to see results like last year, but I just feel like they can never make it over the hump with this Josh Heupel offense. Like that's – it's just like the when you're dealing with explosive pace like that, your defense will never get a rest, and I just can't see them ever like kind of eclipsing it, but it gives them the like ultimate high floor with like how they're being coached. And here's my thing too – with with Melton and that offense is he he reminds me of a of another hypo quarterback actually in a way with some of this hype uh inconsistent but you know has big moments here we go Trevor Knight you know no. he, he's a little Trevor Knightish with 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 his decision making going all the way back to his Michigan days um I I just feel like everybody's riding that high of his performance in the Orange Bowl against Clemson that they think that he's gotten over the hump or is going to be like, you know, like what we saw in Clemson all the time. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's going to be way more hot and cold than you think. Uh, and that's kind of my, that's kind of my take on him. I, I mean, I can see that, but confidence coming into the season is such a big deal for a guy with that kind of talent that he has. Obviously there's a lot of mental things he needs to get over, but he is in his groove right now. And you can tell by like the way Blake said, uh, the way he's posting on social media, he's confident. And he's got a decent system, so um, it, it, he could really he could I, he could surprise some people. And I think he's one of those like people are just gawking over him, like being a physical freak. That like as we saw with Anthony Richardson, like if he got injured in the first like game or two, I think he's still getting drafted. Like people just like I think will love his physical traits, love what he brings. And I just and I get Bobby's point. I get Bobby's point that. He was erratic at Michigan. He doesn't have the best decision-making, but I just feel like this Josh Heupel-style offense is so good of getting guys open that you don't necessarily, like, I don't think Hinden Hooker was, like, one of the, like, he was one of the best quarterbacks last year, but, like, you throw him in another system, he's not going to do good. Like, we saw him. He was at Virginia Tech beforehand. Like, I think the system is designed for quarterbacks that they don't have to make decisions, that don't really have to do anything. The guys are just open. Ty, you've been talking about slamming that Tennessee under. Your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, first off, I have to address, uh, comparing Joe Milton to Anthony Richardson is uh, criminal. It's a, I don't know what it's called when you knowingly uh, commit sort of fraud, I mean, perhaps wire fraud or something like that. Blake has just committed uh, in that comparison. But Joe Milton has never once thrown more than four interceptions in a season, so he could not at all be compared to... <laughs> to interception machine Anthony Richardson uh, whatsoever. Also, Joe Milton, decision-making, right? He was young. You know, this is legitimately his sixth season of playing college football. Certainly learning will have occurred, uh, presumably not in class, one, because he's a college football player, and also because he goes to Tennessee, where he's probably majoring in interdisciplinary studies or something of the sort. But I, I just don't see this Tennessee system being it almost it still strikes me not to diminish what Josh Heupel's done, which is very impressive from what he started with, but just seems gimmicky to me. And I think again to sort of tie back into a, a similar train of thought that I had for my Georgia comparison, I think if Tennessee does exactly what they did last year with the exact same level of performance throughout the year, 
I think they're still going to end up worse off because I think other people are going to adjust. They're not going to face people being as easy or as down as they were last year just by coincidence. And I think maybe people are going to figure out their tricks. I just don't see it. I don't see a significant improvement from this Tennessee team from what I'm hearing in, in the chatter. And I just don't see Josh Heupel creating a drastically different system that's more in line with a, a sort of more dynastic system like some other schools have. So I just don't see it working for them. And if we're looking at an over and under of nine and a half, obviously they play 12 games. You look at their schedule and I think you pick out two that are obvious losses. You know, that's still kind of a risky bet. I think it's a very well set line, but I just see this team not being very consistent. Like, you know, we alluded to a second ago, it could be frustrating for Tennessee fans, especially because I think Tennessee fans might have rose colored glasses and they're expecting an iterative an iterative leap from what they had last year. I think they're probably going to take a step back and, and I could see this being a, uh, was it 12, 12 games? So an eight and four team. Oh yeah. That's a big take. Wow. And I, so I think- let's, let's hop into the over unders Bobby. Yeah. Um, absolutely. While he's on that. So Ty's big take it. Let's just go ahead and hit our unders. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm in on that. Let's, let's take a gander at a couple unders here. Um, going into the crumbs a bit um it's tricky because i feel like i don't love a lot of unders in the sec uh, well how about we could just go round robin with with each team and then just yeah. sort well, of I, I, like i've got some unders that i think are tasty i can yeah disagree. i i kind of with jameson okay like, I, see, I feel like sec unders are tasty <laughs> but yes. my thing is like they're so padded by these kind of weak non-cons that i feel like you know there are a couple I, I, I like pretty good. Uh, Jameson, what's one you like? What's a tasty one you like? Yeah, I like two, but I think the one that I like the most is Auburn at six and a half. I still get some juice with that one. You take the under on that, you get plus 125. And this Auburn team is just a disaster last year. It seems like nothing was going right. And you're telling me you think you're going to win more than six? I can't buy that. And then Mississippi State under as well at six and a half. I Mississippi State, I mean, obviously there's a lot of different things going on compared to Auburn, but still a lot of turnover there. And I, I just can't hop onto that Mississippi State. I feel like they had a lot of things kind of go their way last year in terms of games. I, I just can't, you can't convince me they're going to be a seven win team as well. Um, yeah. Like kind of rolling through, let's kind of like talk more about um, Auburn's schedule because that was my first pick. Um, yeah. Easy, easy non-conference, but they have to go at AM, then they play Georgia, then at LSU. Um, they get uh, the both Mississippis and Vandy, but they get at Arkansas as well. And I feel like at Arkansas is a game that they need to win really to hit that cover. And I just I think that Arkansas is a team that has returning guys at the you know KJ and also Raheem. That I think that'd be an easy game for them to lose. I just I just don't see it happening with them. So I actually really like Auburn's over. Uh, with six and well, a half, and I, I, I kind of, I am, I'm kind of with you, Bobby. I don't like the value on it. I don't like the value well, on it. Well, tell, tell me about what, I, what about the team that gets you excited about them? Because I, I, I struggle to find too many pauses about just the players themselves. So here's my thing: Brian Harson was a disaster. Nobody liked him. That everything around that situation last year just screamed disaster. Um, so getting in a guy who 
frankly, I do not like Hugh Freeze. I think he is a yes. pretty bad human being. Yep. I, I, was about to, I was about to say, this is he, this is a pretty big... Uh, but a pretty coach. fantastic it's, football coach. He's a great like, football coach. Yeah. He, like that's, but they need culture. They need culture no, no, so I know. much right now. I'm saying, I, here, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Long term, it's going to be a mess. I fully agree. Long term, it's going to be a mess. It's a bad culture play. However, I think he can coach a team that still has a bit that has a bit of talent to wins over UMass Cal Samford. And then you got the two Mississippi schools at home. I think those are possible wins, uh, Vandy, New Mexico state. Um, and then you get the iron bowl at home, which I, I, I like Alabama more, but I'm just saying, is there anything more chaotic than iron? Is there anything more chaotic? Is there anything more chaotic than the iron bowl with Hugh freeze at the, uh, yep. at, you know, at the wheel? Hugh Freeze is a man who who is very good at beating Alabama. He he is as good at, at I he is as good at beating Alabama as he is bad at using company cell phones. And are you a big like Peyton Thorn guy? Like he's going to be some kind of breakthrough quarterback for no, Auburn? No, I just okay. No, I'm just saying. Was... I think he flips enough. I think he, yeah. I think there's enough easy so. games, and he flips enough of those toss ups to get get to seven wins. I'm not saying he's gonna. They're they're gonna you know be playoff contenders. I think they just hit seven. And last year, whenever Cadillac Williams took over, Auburn was live. Like they were actually playing pretty decent football. Like I know they had like I think it's like two wins, two losses. Whenever he like whenever Cadillac Williams took over, but like this roster had talent. They had a heartbeat, which I think this year is just like Hugh Freeze coming in. Hugh Freeze is one of those coaches that I felt like was, like, the OG. Like, everybody's like, oh, Lane Kiffin has elevated Mississippi's ceiling. Hugh Freeze was kind of the original guy to do that. Like, I felt like Hugh Freeze coached those Mississippi teams. Like, without the transfer portal and maybe some of the recruiting aspects, like, very, very well. And I just feel like people are sleeping on him because we saw them, like, like zombie walk into probably like the the first eight games of the season because they knew their coach was getting fired but those last four they were a little bit more live had a little bit more yards per carry had a little bit more rushing yards per game granted you're losing uh you're you are losing tank bigsby which i like mm -hmm. i see but you're getting a slight upgrade at quarterback and i just think like you freeze freeze like i think enough of those games that bobby was talking about are coin flips and they flip the right way for Auburn. I'm not going to bet them, but like, I think it flips enough the right way. And see, you see, here's the thing, like one last defense on this bet. But the thing is like, I'm getting juice on this six and a half. Cause majority of people are thinking over, I get the plus one 25 on this under. I, I, I see the path. Obviously they're going to probably win their four non cons unless they play the nine 30 late night pack 12 game against Cal and something weird happens. Things get really weird at night. You never know. You never know. Um, and I understand you talk about like, oh, they'll win those four and they'll get Vandy and then they just have to take out the Mississippi schools. Like, I, I don't think that's a gimme. I, I think that they could obviously just hit Vandy. And honestly, I don't see a for sure like like they're going to be very like under field goal favorites at the most versus all those SEC opponents um, wow. that um, like are the Mississippi and the Mississippi State. I also got to say, I don't think you remember how atrocious Cal was last year. Yes, I know. I know they're horrible. I was making a joke about this and being spooky on late night Pac-12. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Ty, what are your thoughts on... Uh... Yeah, Auburn. I mean, Auburn, to me, they're, they're kind of like BP, you know, the, the gas, the, the petroleum, you know, oil and gas company. They used to be a big deal. 
And then uh, you just never really heard anything after after 2010 about him. I feel like you don't even see him around anymore. So uh, both still in business, apparently, weirdly enough. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't necessarily even have that many thoughts on Auburn. I mean, you guys made some compelling cases for the under, so I suppose I'm going to jump on on the Auburn ah, under. Yes. But... No, it was like, me I versus the them two. Yeah, I was, I was defending my case. No, but yeah, I'm a Jameson. I was more, I'm a Jameson I was, on those. I was oh, more convinced. All right. Um, any other unders that we like? I, I love – I think Mississippi mm-hmm. State, that's a that's a good one. I think um, I, I'm not sold on them yet. Yeah, um, they, is, they still got I the airport a... quarterback for you, Ty. <laughs> they do. No. Somehow. I have somehow a, still there. I have a good under. I'm not beyond just being an absolute hater, right? Here's the thing, right? You steal candy from a baby, it's still free candy that you can flip at 100% profit because it was free. <laughs> Give me the under on Vandy. Vandy, three and a half is their line. I'm going to take the under. I say they oh, win Oh, shut three up. Okay, games. this is no, good no, because no, this no. is my one no, of my – This is a good one. I love Vandy. This is a good one. We're going to do this battle right it's a now. Three, it's a three and a half. They're Vandy. Who are they going to beat? Let's break down their schedule. Hawaii? They play. They start out with Hawaii. Not on the islands. Island. Hawaii coming to Nashville. That's like a 20-hour journey. I'm going to give them that one. They play Alabama a and I'm going to give them that one. Then they go to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, to play Wake Forest. As we all know, this is actually the same school. This is basically a spring game. I have the home team winning because it's a spring game because they're the same school. Then they go and play UNLV. Blake, who's going to win that one? <laughs> So, oh, okay, we're going UNLV. Blake said UNLV this is going to like, win that one. Kentucky, I, are they going to beat Kentucky? Uh, maybe, yes, but that'll yes, be their third yes. one. Okay, they yeah. so they beat Kentucky. So they beat Kentucky. They're at three wins now. Who are they going to beat? Are they going to beat Missouri? Four wins, Certainly that that not. Four Missouri's, no, because we they lost to UNLV and they lost to Wake Forest. And then, but they beat Alabama A and M and they beat Hawaii. Yes. Okay. So then, plus Kentucky, well, no. if they beat Alabama and M and they beat Hawaii, He's and then they beat UNLV Kentucky. Uh, yes, I said they lose to UNLV. Uh, do you the, think you, you uh, think they lose two in a row? Okay, that's, that's Blake bet uh, Blake wait, betting wait. against UNLV. Blake no, says this is the most. Uh, this is an atrocious take tie. I think no. we are closer. We are closer to a bowl game with Vandy than we are to not hitting this over. You no. hit the Hawaii. Missouri at home is also going to be helpful. Who are they going to beat? Okay, they beat Hawaii. They beat Alabama and M. Wake Forest. They don't have Sam Hartman anymore. Who are they? Who is Sam Hartman? <laughs> the has elevated the program to an ACC championship within the last two years. He transferred out of there. That's three wins. Three okay. wins. Uh, three wins gets so, him to a bowl game. No, wait, no. no. Go to UNLV. Tough battle, loss in the <laughs> desert. You do not win that one. That's sorry. That took some of Blake's soul having to admit that UNLV would lose that one. No, UNLV no, just that said one. UNLV oh, doesn't lose. They are now three and one going to UNLV. Kentucky, a bummy, bummy school. They had a a, a first you don't round. Don't like Devin Leary. Aid in Will Levis, and now they got rid of him, and they got bummed Devin Leary, who I believed in last year. I thought Newton, uh, NC State was going to break through. 
sucked. They were us. <laughs> I hate Devin Leary. And he goes to the school that is the most like overrated because Mark Stoops for like two years had this program on the right track. They suck. Kentucky win. They're going to beat Kentucky. Kentucky sucks. And then you leave it. That's four right there. They were live last year. They beat two SEC schools. There's probably another one on there. It may be even a third. Missouri, We're closer to bowls. Beat. We are closer to five games, I think, than we are to three wins. This is my lock. I think it's going to hit, I guess, that would be September 23rd, so the first month of college football. I think you are cashing this ticket. You can bet it on other things because I think Ty is so wrong here. You, you know are what? so wrong. Give me that juice. I will drink you know what? that juice <laughs> for the over. So, you know this what? This is, this is honestly brilliant for me. I'm just going to show some, some inside baseball here. We're going to use a legal comparison because this is an anti-Blake take here. What has just occurred, right? Whether you agree with me or not on this UNLV undertake, I basically locked Blake in. This is like a, what's it called? A, a deposition. I've locked Blake into answers on the record about certain games. And uh, he's now tied into takes for the rest of the season that, that could just turn out brilliantly. If this Vandy team turns out to be garbage, I've got some brilliant, some, some things on the record that Blake has now said that can be held against him at a later time. I'm so ready. I see this as a win either way. Minus 170 for that over. Give me that juice, Jameson. No, you really want to take a minus 170 for a futures bet? Take them while they're down. Take them while they're down. I'm cashing that within the first month, and I'm taking that and spreading it elsewhere because you know what? They're, it's easy. It's easy money. They have three easy non-conference games early on, and then you play Kentucky. Bummy, bummy Kentucky. <laughs> that's that's four wins right. right there, my man. I'm sorry. Like money is money. Like regardless of the odds, money is money. Regardless of the odds, you take it if you know it's going to be a win. This is you just got to take it. So I got to say, also, this is too small love, to fail. I <laughs> I love Kentucky under two. I love Kentucky under uh, minus six and a half. Thank uh, you. Got, got a little bit of juice too with that one. Um, it's uh, plus one thirty-five. You know, again, Devin Leary. You know, had his issues. I don't think moving to Kentucky magically solves it. Uh, they won seven games with a as, as a better team. And my thing is, they fell off a cliff last year. They're going to fall off an even harder, harder cliff because the schedule jump is significant after like game four. Uh, so I'm I am out on the Kentucky Wildcats. So I, I like that under a lot. I'm with you, Blake. You know what? I, I have a question. I have a question for Blake. Because I, I, I feel like I'm getting the vibe that we're kind of done on the unders in terms of ones that people just want to openly declare. Or no, uh, so I have unders. You just okay. triggered okay. my over. No, 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 no. You no, I triggered okay. my over. Okay, my bad. <laughs> I don't I don't want to interrupt. Perhaps this could be a prompt for you then since I've started. I just want to reveal the question. Blake, you specifically, how are you feeling about Florida five and a half? Feeling a little over on that one, but mm. I will give you, but I'll give you my analysis. So, uh, depending on so so you got your Florida, your Missouri, your South Carolina, and then your Kentucky. If you feel one way, shape, or form about those teams, whether over or under, bet it. Bet it now because those teams are very, very similar this year. I'm a little higher on Florida, so I'm going to bet them. I'm under on Kentucky. I'm under on Missouri, under on South Carolina. So I'm going to bet Florida. But 
these teams have very, very obvious flaws, and they have very little strengths, in my opinion. If you feel if you feel strongly about one, one way or the other, I think you just bet it. You bet it based on that emotion because I think you're looking at four carbon copy teams. Shift around the uh, the sliders a little bit, but your team overall is going to be about the same. I think I like Florida trending up. I do not like Missouri. I do not like South Carolina, especially. Uh, so I would take that Florida over, especially with the pressure with their recruiting class and having to like keep that together. So. I like Carolina. I like Carolina a little bit. Why? 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 They have a sucky defense, a below average quarterback. They went on an incredible run last year at the end. Like, like ah, Bobby after. buys into the runs. That's what he does. The like runs the were casual. Sucky. The majority of the time, South Carolina was incredible. I saw what I saw when they played Tennessee. Yeah, you saw what you... What, oh my God. what do you think, okay. Jameson? There. Jameson, what? Shane Bieber... I'm 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 very I don't want to talk about South Carolina because I could see it going either way. To be honest with you, like I see a I see a world where Spencer Rattler actually does some things this season. You know, I'm pretty sure didn't they get um big uh like transfer from Arkansas? They're tied in. Um, you know, they're they're trying to give him some more targets. I could see a world where somehow we're going to be talking about Spencer Rattler at the end of the first round, and I'm going to be puking in my mouth. Yeah, but you have zero returning production basically on defense and an already like really bad defense. I don't Oh, we know the defense is the like, problem. Yep, yeah, and I just don't think like Spencer Radler was below average leading up to like the final four games of the year where he kind of turned it on and got him to bowl eligibility. I just don't mm-hmm. think it's there. I think I'm staying away. I'm staying I away from wanna, that. Team. Well, I don't I, I don't want anything or nothing to do with it. I just want to no. point out that Blake just called a two time Big Twelve champion, Big Twelve MVP and first-team All-Big 12 quarterback, a below-average quarterback. His words, not mine. What that says about the Big 12 conference, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say, right? I'm not going to say. He was the best that ever did it. The The best that ever did it when he played in the Big 12, won it all, got bored with it, went somewhere else. Now he's not relevant. You know, what does that say? I I don't want to put words in his mouth. That would be uh, wrong for me to do, but just... For the for the the ladies and gentlemen of the the jury of the fandom, I want you to take note. Well, and, and here's my thing too. I li- I kind of like how their schedule shakes out. Mostly, uh, UGA and Tennessee not great, but um, you know both on the road. But UNC in a pretty solid toss up. Furman, that's oh. a win. I think they beat Mississippi yeah. State at home. Florida, I think that could be a win at home. Uh, Jacksonville at Missouri, not bad. Uh, you have Jackson. Uh, or, sorry. Is that Jackson? Yeah, Jacksonville yeah, State, Jackson, I think. No, Jackson, Jackson, yeah. Jacksonville yeah, yeah. has no, the no. red J. Yeah, and they're no, not. That's Jacksonville and they're State. not FTS. Jacksonville State at home, Vanderbilt at home. Wait, Kentucky no, it's home. Jackson State. No, Jacksonville State. It is? Jack- Jacksonville yeah, Jack- State is the red J, and Jackson State is the blue. It's Jville State. Jacksonville State game calls. Yeah, it's yeah. Jacksonville State. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So they play Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Clemson, end. So <laughs> it's a trick it's a pretty tough middle i will say and you have tough road games but my thing is you can go on a run with a bunch of teams that i think are very beatable and then you get a rivalry game at home a, a team that they uh i mean they beat clemson last year on the road so my thing is i i kind of think carolina or south carolina could get a little hot here but i'm with jameson it could go bad i just kind of think it goes good yeah i'm staying away especially you're you're saying like north carolina is like there's a toss-up there i just 
I, I can't. Two and a half you're telling right me now. that you're telling me that defense and Drake May is just gonna just have a field day with them. I'm I'm not yep. big on I, UNC. I'm with Jameson. I'm so out on UNC. I, um, yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, I, to move on from USC, but I gotta cast my lot in. I like the over. I, I like seven. I look at their schedule. I see a pretty firm seven. Obviously, anything can happen. But like Bobby just broke it down. I, I like seven for this South Carolina squad. Yeah, we feeling any strong positions on anything else, guys? What are we? What yes, are we feeling? I but, I literally have not gotten to my strong positions on my unders because <laughs> I keep on getting propositioned by everybody else on the show to go right. in on picks that are not mine. We're gonna so we're gonna my... let Blake cook. We're gonna let Blake cook. I do agree on Mississippi State. I think the uh, if it all clicks, it's an easy over. But I just don't think it does when you have multiple coordinator changes, a different style of offense. Like they're going like, mm-hmm. whenever you look at Mike Leach coming to a school that didn't run the air raid, it was not good. The first season immediately got better the next. I think it's going to be kind of the exact same effect. They're going away from the air raid. They're going to a more physical style offense in the sec. Mike Leach did not build that team to like be a physical style run through the tackles type of team. I don't think the offense is prepared. Will Rogers has been an air raid quarterback like since his inception. I just think, although I think the schedule lines up well, I think the talent there is good. I think they have a good defense, good quarterback. I just think the change around it moves towards under to me. I just think there's too much change, which leads me to my next point. Too much change. Don't think there's enough talent. I'm big on the Arkansas under. I don't think Arkansas, like I know you say KJ Jefferson. I know you say Rocket Sanders, but that's all they really have. They don't have good receivers. They don't have good defense. They lost two great coordinators, honestly, under them. Uh, I'm not a big Kendall Bryles fan, and now I have to kind of accept that as he is my <laughs> offensive coordinator now. Uh, but uh, yes, we have Barry Odom uh, moving on to greener pastures, going out to the, or I guess more sandy pastures in the desert, baby, going to lead us to a bowl game this year. But leading like two great coordinators uh, on paper, and uh, they lose that. Not a great defense. I think they're kind of a two-weapon system. I just think people are buying the vibes off of KJ Jefferson being back. But talk about a double coordinator switch off of like a pretty disappointing season. I'm not buying. Give me some Arkansas under big time. Hey, any any chance I have to to take an Arkansas under, I'm jumping. I've been big past couple years, right? People have been talking pretty big on Arkansas. I'll take the Arkansas under any day of the week. Yeah, and you get you get a. I see the majority of the books right now have them just at seven, so you can push with it, and you can kind of have some insurance, buy some juice with the under. So I like that as well. Um, I, I think whenever I was talking about Arkansas, I was talking about them and their competition versus Mississippi State, if I recall, um, and Auburn. It might have been one of the two. I just, I obviously just don't believe too much in those other teams either. So I think it's a toss up. I, I think my over. So kind of moving that I'm, I might hit over on LSU to tell you the truth. And I think, like I said earlier, kind of talking in the early part, I won't harp on it too much. I feel like this number is really hinging on the fact that they can beat Florida state and Orlando. And I think if they get that win under the belt, I think they can go 10 and two. Um, I think that the way that game ended with the missed extra point and all of that, I think Jaden Daniels will lead that team and go ahead and beat a really, really good Florida state team. But I'm telling you, that game I am looking forward to so much because there's so much talent that is not nearly respected enough in the college football world. Best thing about that game, too, is it's on the Sunday. 
So mm-hmm. you can just completely lock in on this one yes. football game, which mm-hmm. I, I, I'm glad they've started to, uh, they, they've been doing that. Like, yeah. That, and they did really that. They did that last year too. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah, it's, yeah, and, it's, and it's before, and it's before NFL too. So the NFL yeah. always starts in week two of mm-hmm. college football. So that is like all eyes will be on that game. Right. Yeah, man. Opening weekend's the best. Cause you, you start out, you go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, nothing on Tuesday, nothing on Wednesday. NFL starts. Mm-hmm. It's the best. Um, man, I can't wait for that. But no, and my thing is, I, 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 this is going to be interesting when we talk about the ACC. I'm I'm buying a lot of Florida State stock. I really like the Seminoles. I think that game's going to be a clash. Um, and look, I I think I don't want to say whoever wins like is probably going to make the playoff or has a leg up because so much can happen that the loser could also make it and go on a run. But, um, man, that's going to be a massive game. I I'm very excited about that. I uh, agree with you, Bobby. I love it. I love it. Especially after how last year's one went. Oh, baby. Yeah. This time oh, it's baby. in Orlando too. I'm with the cheese at bowl. So who knows, who knows how cheesy that game will get. Um, but, yeah, Wait, no, is that the Cheese It or Pop Tart Bowl now? I can't keep track. There's still a Cheese It Bowl oh. there, but there's also a Pop. They, they didn't want the two Cheese It Bowls because there's the Cheese It uh, Citrus Bowl and then the Pop Tart Bowl just replaced the That's old. That's what I hate. Bowl. I hate that it's the Cheese It Citrus. I just want a Cheese It and a Pop Tart. It no. needs to be only cheese. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I agree. Agreed. Agreed. Um, any, does anyone think about Missouri or or at all like nobody cares about i almost left him off the graphic on purpose uh because i didn't luther burden luther burden luther burden loves missouri uh <laughs> he loves that nil the missouri nil money most that's people all, in missouri don't even got. like missouri <laughs> but yeah no i think that we've exhausted our sec uh stuff we don't need to get into conference championships blah 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 um but yeah guys good good show um looking forward to doing more previews this is the first one obviously the power five and Blake, you and I, you and I will get together and uh, get, really get in the crumbs with a group of five pod. I'm sure. Oh Which... yes, I I am ready. Like when I get my preview mags, I'm not scrolling to the Big Twelve. I'm not scrolling to the SEC. I'm scrolling to the American, the Conference USA, the Sun Belt. I want to see the Mountain West. Who are the big hitters when it comes to the G five? That's what it gets me most excited about college football season. And it's. It's it's never been dirtier now that you have the Cincinnati's, the UCF's, the Houston's now in the Big Twelve. Now it's just like, oh, they skimmed the top. It's getting weird now. I'm, I'm pumped. If you want to see uh, for a little listener homework, if you want to see the dirtiest conference, just look up who's in the Conference USA right now because it is like it's basically a holding company that they're waiting for more teams to come into. They don't know who said teams are coming into it, but it's just a shell of a conference to be like injected with a few like FCS or maybe other G5 teams. But yeah, there is there's basically nobody left in that conference. Love that. Can't wait for it. I guess now I think about it, I should ask everyone who they think their champion is. That, that, that's This is podcast structuring 101, folks. I, I'm, I'm failing you. But we will just rip it out really quick. Ty, who do you like? We're going to go, mm, you know, for, for entertainment's sake. And I, I had an over on them, too. So I'll, I'll pitch this over as well, just very briefly. Give me the over and give me the conference championship for, no surprise here, it's the favorite, should be everyone's favorite, 
the Alabama Crimson Tide. I like it. I like it. Blake, who do you got? Get those tasty odds with LSU and then hedge out on the championship. Give me Georgia, but get those tasty odds so you can do something with it once you get to the end. I love it. I James, agree with Blake on this one. Exact same take. Yeah, I'm the LSU odds are fun, but I, I it's Georgia all the way. I, I think they just have a different I mean, other than driving, uh, they have a different focus. Um, and if if Kirby can keep it together, make make a run, I I, I think Georgia, I think Georgia just is head and shoulders talent wise above everybody else. Um, and look, if you can, if you can brainwash everyone into thinking they're going to go five and seven then uh, yeah, it's all over folks. But all right, that is our sec preview. We will be back with more previews as the weeks progress. Uh, Ty Jameson, Blake, thank you so much for uh, being on as always. And thank you all so much for listening and watching uh, wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. We always love talking ball with y'all. So, all right. Until next time, this has been the weekend spread. Have a good one, everyone. And good night. Good luck, guys.